Welcome to another episode of Latinos Who Thrive. What role does paying attention to God's guidance play in your business or career moves? This week, we bring you the story of Carlos Forsan. A devout believer in God's guidance, Carlos is Senior Vice President of IntraVision Communications in Albuquerque, New Mexico. But Carlos was not born with a silver spoon or having a pedigree to start at the top. Instead, he has scaled up starting out as an entry-level sales representative to reach the level of vice president. As you might say, the rest is history. Latinos Who Thrive starts right now. Carlos, welcome to Latinos Who Thrive. Hi, Victor. Thank you for, for the invitation. It's a great uh, pleasure for me to reconnect with you because I met you, what, about 20 years ago? Yes, or like early 2000, like 2002, 2003. Correct. So for listeners, Carlos Forsan is, at the time when I met him, a sales rep. Uh, I don't know if you're already a senior sales rep uh, with uh, Univision Radio. But if you weren't, you quickly climbed to that slot because of your expertise and the methodology that you use for sales. So, Carlos, one of the things that that I found extremely interesting about you when I first met you, when I was doing uh, uh, talk shows uh, for Univision, was how you had acquired a mastery for the Arbitron rating systems. Talk about what motivated you to develop an expertise in that area. Yes. Well, you know, I remember when I started in sales, uh, I had to come from an automotive uh, aftermarket industry expertise. I had been a inventory control manager for a few years in this automotive warehouse. And I've always liked numbers, right? What fascinated me to learn more about the Nielsen and Arbitron back then ratings were was the fact that every, even though it's a number, there's a story behind it because people love stories, right? We, we, we had that better when we hear a story than when we just see facts. So I started diving into like how ratings are, you know, measured and what that means and how they change and whether, you know, the programming fluctuates the ratings, whether the commercial breaks, where they're at, you know, affects the ratings. So learning all of that then helped me convey that story when I was talking to clients. Because at the end of the day, you know, if you've been in, in, in the media industry for, for years, you know that, you know, me as a station having ratings is one thing, but it, it, it means nothing to the client, right? It's just a feature of my station. But what I can do with the ratings that will benefit the client, then it becomes a benefit for the client. And how to utilize that better for their, you know, for their benefit was able to help me close more sales. And that's what impressed me about you is you had instant credibility because you could show me the numbers for what hours were the optimum time slots to be able to launch new programs. We launched three separate uh, new programs within one book that translates, if I remember correctly, to three months. Is that correct? Back then, uh, El Paso was a quarterly four book, you know, per year kind of a market. Now, nowadays, you know, they're monthlies. But back then, you're correct. It was 
a measurement of three months. And then three months, we could have a rating of one to three points where Correct. there was no rating whatsoever. That so, is true. So again, I used a similar strategy in the programming of a new show because I knew who would be on the road at the time slot. I knew using psychographic measurements, I knew who was most likely to tune in to a new show. And of course, the rest is history. Carlos, you shared that you came from the aftermarket automobile parts industry and you got fascinated by numbers and the stories behind the numbers. So talk to me about your climb at Univision Radio. So so you started out as a sales rep. What was the highest position that you acquired at the station in El Paso where I first met you? So, correct. So when I interviewed uh, for media back in 99, before, you know, Univision Radio, I, I was hired by Entrovision back then in 99 to be their research director. And one of the things that I remember on that interview, they told me, but you don't have any media experience. You don't even know about Nielsen and you don't know about ratings. And, and I told them, here's the thing. In life, there's going to be things that I don't know about that I am not going to be challenged. You know, that challenge does not prevent me from learning. And I can tell you more about numbers than the person that has been in media. So just give me a, a chance and I'll prove it to you. And I started as a research director, putting all these presentations together. And then I became a TV rep for Entrovision. After two years, back then the GM, Domingo Lopez, uh, interviewed me and then he, he transferred me to Univision Radio. And that's when I, met, when I met you. Like you mentioned, I was I was a new kid, right? There was, there was five other sellers at that point. And I was just a regular rep within months of, uh, I remember he told me we had these accounts that used to buy with from us. And because, you know, they, they fought with the rep or they fought with the station, they're really good clients. I mean, they have potential, but they're not buying from us. If you call them you, and, and they buy, you keep them. And I remember one of those clients was Verizon. Back then, they were going through an agency out of Los Angeles. And when I called the agency and I said who I was and who I, you know, who I represented, that the person just told me, oh, you know what? You have some whatever, you know, beep to call me because, you know, you guys screwed me. I flew there. You, you know, you didn't show up for the meeting. No, 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 no. You went to a golf tournament. I mean, the guy, I, I let him vent, right? And what I could gather was when it was going to be time for the annual meeting, the former rep skipped the meeting because he was playing golf. So that's when they canceled. So after he was done, I, I didn't stop him. And, you know, because I've learned that when there's an objection, that's not the time to sell. That's, that's the time to understand and learn, right? So I let him talk. And then when he was done, it's like, I understand your frustration. And I would be, you know, I would be equally upset as you are. So empathy, right? You always lead with empathy after an objection. Right. But you want to learn more. And I said, but... What did that, you know, like, what did that cost? Why, you know, and then he explained to me, well, you know, I, I, I look back in front of the client, you know, I didn't lose the business, but I'm definitely not going to buy you guys, even though you are a leader in the ratings. And, and he went on and I said, well, I have 
have great news for you. I said, I'm not a golfer. So the next time you're in town, I will definitely be there. But this is what I can do for you. And then that's when you understand the objection, right? And then I, I told him what it was going to be fixed and change and a solution. So I was able to close that account. And within months, they actually started spending even more and more. So then I became a senior. Back then, they were called senior account executives, right? Now they have so many different names. But back then, I was a senior account executive. Then two years after that, I became the sales manager because Univision Radio would always see that I would take the, the younger sellers uh, and I would even go on calls with them and help them sell and close. The seller would keep the sale. So they would always be like, you know, we have two sales managers, right? Back then it was like Margie and you because you still go out and help the sales team, which is great. So when Margie left, they're like, the automatic, you know, fit would be, we promoted you to sales manager. And then I became a sales manager for Univision, you know, for Univision Radio and was there until 2011. So I was a manager for four years before I left Univision Radio. Carlos, that's a very prestigious position. Having come from the industry to be a general manager of a market station that was 15th Spanish market in the country, I believe, at the time. So tell us, apart from what you've already shared, what were some of the other things that you did? Because you make it sound easy, but it's not. It's like there was a methodology, there was a process for you to scale up so fast. And so what would you, what would you attribute it to? Other than, than having good listening skills, good empathy to listen to objections and then address the objections. What else can you share with us that was instrumental in your success? And this is something that I, even when I hire people as a manager, I always tell them, I, I look more for aptitude, right? I mean, more attitude than aptitude. And the attitude that I had was, I know I'm not an expert in media when I started, but I had this this drive inside, right? This fire inside that I was probably going to have to work harder than, than, than the rest, than my colleagues, because my bachelor's is in computer information systems. It was never in marketing. It was not in communications. So I was going to have to spend longer hours at the office, learn on my own, keep learning, keep learning, keep learning, right? So it was that sense of self-motivation, right? That fire that even though I may not have a skill or the aptitude today, that doesn't mean I'm not going to have it. Why? Because we're all created with greatness, right? Because we're, and, and and this is personally, right? I, I believe in, in God and, and I know I was created in his image and he's great. So if he created me, I have greatness inside me, but it's not going to come out by itself. I'm going to have to work at it, work longer. And even if it was a mundane thing, like turning a production order, I was going to do my best, right? Because I know how I do the mundane will determine how I'm going to be doing the great things in life. So I didn't care if it was a small job, if it was a big job, I always say yes. If it was a bad account or a good account, I always say yes. And I always, you know, that drive to just keep going and keep going and learning. And you know what? Does it mean I every single time I presented something, I closed? No, I didn't. 
There was many notes that I got at the beginning, but it's learning from that, right? It's, it's not staying down because in life, whether you are a media rep, whether you are a business owner, whether you are a worker, it doesn't matter what you do. Your life is challenging and it's going to have its good days and it's going to have its bad days. And in those bad days, the key is, you know what? It's just one day. Today, there was a no. You need to get up and keep going. And that's what I did. I stayed longer. You know, I would, you know, look at webinars. I would attend seminars. I would look online, you know, tutorials from Nielsen so that I could understand, right? And then learn what is it to, you know, what it is to sell advertising. Because again, my background was in computer information systems. So how to how to make that transition from my left brain, you know, just stats and facts to more of a storytelling and learning how to how to tell your story because how everybody has a message, right? But how you say your message really matters. So they would call me crazy, they would tell me that I'm nuts because I was staying late, but I knew that, you know what, if if I wanted to be great and I did, I needed to do I needed to say no to certain things, like going out and having a couple of drinks with the guys or whatever after work and stay there and learn. Because I, I know that whenever you say yes to something, you're actually saying no to something else. And looking back, you know, yeah, it was deferred gratification because back then they were having, you know, good time and I needed to learn. But that doesn't mean that it's going to be like that forever because then you're working towards your future, right? Whatever you decide today, it's going to affect your tomorrow. And the younger you learn that, the better. Because I know I missed a lot of opportunities when I was younger, before you met me, that I missed because I didn't step into that opportunity. So that is, I think, what helped me grow faster was, you know, doing that little extra. Even though, even though I was doing grading sales and I could have, done less and not keep learning, that would still satisfy my boss. It's that didn't drive me, right? I didn't want to do less if I know I can do more. It, it, it didn't matter whether less would satisfy my boss. What mattered to me was if I know I can do more and I can still learn more, why not? Carlos, what kind of uh, days did you have? How long were your work days? My work days would start at, you know, 7.30, and I would leave the office about 7, 8. Yeah, 12 hours, easily, right? Easily. Until like this day. The founder, like the founder of Holiday Inn says, I work eight hours a day to keep up with, with my competition, and I work another eight hours to stay ahead of the competition. Yes, like, like I was going to say, till this day, right? Uh, I've been in Albuquerque Absolutely. now. I've been in Albuquerque now. In May will be ten years. So, talk about your move to Albuquerque. It, was that a promotion, or were you recruited for for another market? Uh, what happened that you ended up in Albuquerque? So, in April of 2012. Well, remember I mentioned I stayed in Universal Ratio till November of 2011. There was some reshifting, right? And some of the positions uh, during the reshifting got eliminated, one being the sales manager in El Paso. So when that happened, Entravision reached back and said, 
hey, just come back. I don't have a manager position. I have a sales position, right? And if you can start, you know, great. And I said, oh, you know what? I'll do it. And uh, I'll stay. You know what? It was mid-November. And I said, but you know what? I'll take some time off. I'll start in January. How does, how does that work? And they're like, okay, great. During that, during that transition, I remember ABC, you know, reached out and they wanted to hire me. I remember there's a big, big radio company from Mexico, Radio Mexico. And I remember getting a call from its CEO, Licenciado Aguirre, from Mexico City, calling me that he wanted me to, because they have stations in El Paso and Juarez. And, you know, just he wanted me to be, that he learned I wasn't at Univision Radio anymore. And he wanted me to manage the stations. No surprise to me that other organizations would be trying to recruit you when you became available. I think it's the same radio group that that Fernando Rubio went to work at, isn't it? Yes. Yes, it is. And he and he kept throwing money and I'll give you this much and I give you this much and I give you this much. And 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 I told him, look, it's it's not about the money. And you know, you're actually offering more money than Entrovisions. And you're actually giving me a better title than Entrovision. But you know, I said, I prayed about it and and what came out, and I have no I have no idea why. I said, and that was back in December of 2011. I said, I have no idea why, but God told me Entrovision, which it was a step down because I was just going to be a salesperson and it was going to be less money and what have you. I said, and I don't know why, but you know what? I know, right, that if I'm under his umbrella, in the long term, it's going to be way better, right? There's no better place than to be under his protection. So I'm going to go with Entrovision. So that's January. And then in April, I get a call from back then the GM here in Albuquerque. And he's like, um, I'm looking for a sales manager. And the GM in El Paso told me that I needed to talk to you. So he buys me a plane ticket. I come here and I'm interviewing. It's, a, it's an all day thing. He drives me around the city, met a couple of people. And, you know, he asked me how I do things, what I know, if I knew the traffic system, everything. And I answer all his questions. And then I remember back then he's like, do you have any questions for me? And I said, no, I don't. He's like, I mean, why not? Like, you should be inquiring about, you know, if, if this is a good fit for you or is this going to be enough money if I, you know, what I'm going to offer you. His name is Jeff Apodaca. He was our GM here back then. And I told Jeff, with all due respect, do you think I'm sitting in front of you today? Because last week you called me and you bought me a plane ticket. I said, I know that this happened for a reason. I said, when I, you know, when I lost my job in November, I didn't understand why, right? But I knew it was God's way of saying there's something different for you, right? And I said, and I didn't know why I picked Entrovision being the third out of the four people that wanted to hire me as far as payment or title. And I didn't understand why, but I went with it. Now I know why. Because his plan since November was for me to be in Albuquerque for whatever reason. And that's why. And he's like, I, and that's why I don't have anything to ask. And he's like, you do realize I'm still interviewing far more people. I said, yes, I do. But here's the thing. If it's God's will for me to be in Albuquerque, and he would tell me that the safest place would be in the middle of I-25, that's where I would be. 
So I have nothing to worry about. And if it's his will to be here in Albuquerque, there's nothing you or I could do about that because I'm just willing to go wherever he's calling me to go. He's like, well, okay, that's on you. He's like, okay. Next week, following week, he calls me. He's like, the job is here. I guess, I guess God had, you know, once you're here. And, and then I became, you know, I started here as a local sales manager in May of 2012. By May of 2015, I became the senior vice president. So I took his job and became the SVP here for Albuquerque. And I've been the SVP since then. That's a great story, Carlos. I have a client in mind. He is also a believer and very devout person in the middle of job transition. And I know that he's going to appreciate this story because I'm a believer also. And I also trust that you are led to where you're supposed to be. You know, we always hear about the calling, right? And we usually think about priests, pastors, missionaries, but everyone has a calling. Everyone has a calling. You don't have to be behind an altar to have a calling. He has a calling because my altar is this office. Every person that comes here and talks to me, you know, whether it be about work or whether it be about personal, is going to be the same. They're going to get the same treatment, right? Because I can, if I can help somebody today, that was worth, you know, me being here today. I, like I said, back then I didn't know what's going to happen, but I knew there was a reason and there was a mission. I've had, you know, job offers to go back to El Paso, which in Entrovision's case, it's actually... It would be a promotion. It would be more money, more stations, because in Entrovision, they have more stations than we do here in Albuquerque. And to the company, it seemed logical that I would take the promotion because then I could go back to, you know, where all of my family is, because I'm the only one that lives here in Albuquerque. And I've said no twice. And they're like, well, but why? It's like, because for whatever reason, my job here in Albuquerque is still not done because going back to El Paso, well, personally would be amazing. It does not give me peace, which means it's not God's will in my life. And it's not my calling. I'm not, I'm not here in life to just, you know, look for money or better title or, you know, better possessions. My drive and my motivation is, to make something of my life where I can actually help something, right? Being great is not about you achieving the highest position. Being great is about helping others become great. The ones that are next to you, bring the best in them. Not only the best in them, but give them the best in yourself. And that's what, that's what drives me every day. That's why I come here to, you know, always expecting what I'm gonna be able to have the opportunity to do today to help somebody if giving the opportunity, right? Is what we call divine appointments. And when you don't look for them, you'll find them if you keep your eyes open. You are listening to Latinos Who Thrive. We'll be right back. This show is sponsored by ETC, Escalante Training and Consulting. Do you need more sales and greater productivity? For more than two decades, Victor Escalante has been training executives and companies in cultural communications, team building processes, sales competency, emotional intelligence, and project management. 
Find out how ETC is ready to help you by visiting their website at victorescalante.com. We now return you to today's guest, Carlos Forzan at Latinos Who Thrive. Carlos, with your philosophy, I would imagine that you have had zero turnover with the big resignation that we are going through. Is that a fair statement? Uh, yes, actually, we have the same employees that we've had for years. Other than, you know, for personal reasons, somebody getting married or, you know, the sure. spouse is moving out of town. We don't have turnover. I mean, unless there's like, we, you know, after after 20, you know, the March of 2020 with COVID, there was a, a reduction in force. But other than that, uh, we've had the same employees in the same team for years now. And haven't you found that Top performers are hard to find because people are not willing to commit and to do whatever it takes to succeed. Nowadays, it's really hard to find, you know, talent, like you said. I always I always told my team when I barely got here, right? And I told them, you know, we're going to train, we're going to do this. And they were like, oh, my goodness. And I said, look, training is a good thing because it keeps us, one, you know, up to date, and two, it keeps us getting better and you don't want to stay status quo because life is going to change. The media is going to change. And, you know, we're ahead of the curve when it comes to digital sales than other bigger markets, right? Than, than Albuquerque. Why? Because we, we were preparing. And I said, just trust me on this one. It has helped me and it's going to help you just, just go along. And I said, because here's the thing, I can teach you anything you want. Right. But if you don't have the attitude or the drive to grow and learn, that's not that's something I cannot give you. You have to have it yourself. And, and, and you know, when I really got here, some people did leave after that. But then, like I said, since 2015, we've had the same sales team that we have had since then. Go ahead. You develop your core group that had the same mindset. And, and again, it's no wonder that you guys are leading the market in digital sales. No real big surprise. You develop people and then people develop the marketplace. And and you know what? First, they don't see it and, and, and it's just a matter of time. But once they see it and they experience it, they're like, you're right. Okay, what's next? What's next? What's next? They are converts. They yes. are evangelists to whatever you tell them. Yes. And they know, here's the thing. They know, know that They know that anything that I've asked from them I myself have done it in the past. Even in, the, you know, there was, there's been a couple of times where my promotions manager, right? And obviously these were the times where we used to do a lot of radio remotes. Now they're less and less because of COVID or gatherings or whatever. But before, right? When we would have a radio remote and he would be sick on a Saturday. He knew that I would come to the station, grab the tent, grab all the, you know, promotional items, get in the van drive to the client, set up, do the radio call. I mean, and I was a, re- I was a remote tech, right? And, and even when I talk to other SVPs, they're like, are you crazy? No way, man. It's like the client doesn't care, right? If the, if the remote tech is the one doing the call-ins or if the GM. What the owner cares is that there's a remote that he paid for, that he asked for, and he gets results. Is it my job Absolutely. is to make sure he's yeah. satisfied whether it's Root or myself. What a winning philosophy that you have, Carlos. Tell me, what authors influenced you that you developed this winning mindset? 
when it comes to storytelling, there's a guy by the name of Roy H. Williams, the Wizard of Ads. I'm a graduate at Wizard Academy. I, I mean, I read his Monday morning memos every week. Uh, I remember during COVID, right, when he uh, started the, the weekly, when there would be at that, you know, drinking wine and talking about just questions people had for free. Those 13 weeks were amazing, right? Every week I would, you know, watch their video. But, uh, you know, when he went to El Paso, I went to one of his, uh, like when he went there to his, you know, for a seminar for whatever. And once I saw him, I mean, it's like, this is, this is so great, right? Because not coming from a marketing background, you know, you know, I needed to learn how to tell my story and how to influence it, how the brain works and, and what part of the brain works. And, you know, when will the ad become more effective? So I've been following him since like, I'm going to say 2002, 2001, more or less. And like I said, every week I, I, I read his Monday morning memo. Obviously, and, you've read all his books? Uh, yes, I have. Okay, great. Yes, great, very great read. Did you read his book on the 40-year cycle? Yes, The Pendulum, which I was going to be like, yes. understanding that, right, makes me, you know, helps me understand where we are today and the changes. And the worst part is that we're not even hitting the, its peak. It's going to be until next year, right? So, and Absolutely. then The Pendulum will come yeah. coming down. But uh, I just so we don't nerd out here for our listeners, why don't you go ahead and tell us, Carlos, how following uh, Roy Williams has helped you to up your game? Give us some tips that you can attribute directly to Roy Williams' teaching. Yes. So, well, the conversation started with you know understanding ratings. What I did learn was you know it doesn't matter you're not the top rated station right what matters is even if you have one percent share of their listening or watching audience if you talk to that people you know to those people in a way that makes sense if if, if i'm a business owner i'm going to get an, an roi i just i just need to understand right who my tribe is and then what what is the common denominator or unites us and then not be predictable when it comes to the messaging because when we become predictable that's when they tune us out right so it's it's learning how to write commercials without sounding like commercials right it's not wasting time saying we're locally owned and operated in an ad because that means nothing to people serving the Albuquerque community for 40 years you're just wasting time right so if you only have 30 seconds, right, you have to maximize what you're going to say in a way that it's not going to be predictable. The other thing that I learned from him is about the pendulum, right? When 2003, we started shifting from a me society to a we society and how back then, you know, it was all being number one. And if you talked, it, it, it has even helped me with my kids, right? Because we both were brought up during a time where, you know, being number one, being the highest in the, you know, climb the, the corporate ladder and be the best and be like James Bond and what have you. That's when we were, you know, driven and to do better and better and better and better. Nowadays, 
or you know the new generation, my kids' generation, they're not driven by that. It's it's like you tell them you want to be just be number one, right? And they'll be like, "You're crazy. That's not even a cheap, that's not even real." So there's a way to talk to to the generation of today different than how we were brought up, and and that also means that when you're writing, whether it be radio ads, TV ads, or nowadays, you know, audio or video content, you have to keep that in mind. Absolutely. Have you taken any trainings at Wizard Academy? I have not personally taken any. No, um, that is one thing in my bucket list, though. Highly, highly recommend it. It will be a milestone in your career development and, and also personal development because, because Wizard Academy is something to be experienced. It's much more than just work-related. It's, it's so deep that you walk out of there a changed person. Yes, I believe that. Like I said, even just following and reading even helped me how I deal with when my kids were growing up, right? Now they're all between the ages of 22 and 28, but during their teenage years and, you know, high school years, and even now, you know, it following, you know, listening to him and how the mind works and how society is changing and will change. It helped me, you know, talk to my kids and, 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 and help them, you know, adapt to this new type of society that we're living in, where it's more of a we instead of a me society. Who else has had a big impact in your personal development? You know, it's, it's going to be, I remember when I was in the automotive market, the owner of the warehouse, his name is Javier Martinez, and he is from El Paso. Seeing the, the dedication, right, and the drive to stay long hours and, and just do the best possible job, he helped me. But I think in, in, in my media career, the sales manager back in the day when I was in research, John Burton in El Paso, the way he would go about doing his job in, again, in everything, whether it be, I remember when I was in research, right? And I would put together the power, back then, PowerPoint presentations, and he would look them over, right? And I would print them and I would take them. And he would notice the smallest things, like the title is not lined up with like the bottom where you have the source or they have, you know, it's, it's, it's not a line. It's not the perfect, you know, it's not the same font. Or it's not the same, you know, sometimes you have capital letters, sometimes you have... And he would make all these like changes, right? To me, at first, I would get bothered because as a research director, I was just thinking what matters is, is the information, right? It's, it's the content. It's not, you know, the looks of it. And then he would tell me, no, 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 no. Again, everything you do is a reflection of him. I'm doing this for you, right? And, 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 and he would be like a, like a professor of marketing and TV media sales, where he would tell me, look at this video or learn about this or learn about that. Think about this, think about, and I learned the most that I've learned from somebody in broadcast was Sim. That's amazing. I'm a believer that you are a product of the people that uh, you aspire to be in your trajectory in life. That is great that you had exposure to uh, to someone like him. 
What would you advise, uh, Carlos, to someone that doesn't have someone like that to mentor them? The one advice I, I would give is this, right? Because at the end of the day, whether you have mentors, whether or not you know you're inspired by Sunday sermon or podcasts or whatever, though I mean having those tools or those people in your side, fantastic, right? But if you don't, at the end of the day, you can still have all this. But if it's if the motivation is not coming from within you, it's not going to help, right? Because how many people do you know, you know, after a Sunday sermon, they they leave church all pumped. And then Monday comes around and it's gone, right? Why? Because life happens, problems happens, circumstances are not favorable, and it's gone. And you need to have this sense of personal destiny that, you know what, that you are destined to do greatness. And this drive that's going to come from within you that you're going to find, you know, the motivation is within you and your faith and not so much between the four walls of where you work. So there is greatness inside of everyone. So there's greatness inside of you, whoever's listening. It's just a matter of, it's not going to come up by itself. You have to work. You have to keep moving. And you have to find, right, those opportunities and step into them. Some opportunities are going to be people, dreams, podcasts. But some, you know, you still gonna learn and you still need to keep going forward towards greatness, right? If your motivation is somebody else's position, somebody else's money, or oh, I want what this person has, or I want this job, if that's the, your motivation, you're you're not stepping towards greatness because you're doing that out of either greed, envy, jealousy, and that in the long run is not gonna sustain you. That in the long run is not going to give you the persistence and determination to keep moving forward, even when there are going to be times that things are going to be tough. So my recommendation is find that, right? Fire inside of you and keep moving forward. Fire in the belly. Tell me, Carlos, (laughs) what challenges or obstacles have you had to overcome to get to where you're at? Other than losing your job when there was uh, reduction in, in employees? You know, being, being in, and I, I guess it affects every, every business, but I've gone through 9-11. I've gone through the recession of 2017, 2018. I've gone through coronavirus, right? I'm still here. So there's going to be really bad, you know, things outside of your control that are going to affect how you're doing things that are going to affect your results in the short term. Learn, right? And it's like in the movie, remember that racing movie with Tom Cruise, Days of Thunder, right? Yeah. And after, the, and after the, 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 the crash he has and the last chance, they put him on, on Daytona and he's like in last place, just pretty much driving normal speed. And then there's a big crash, right? And, 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 and his his you know main guy in the team his i don't know what the the term is but it's just and he's like saying just go on top trust it just give it all that you got keep keep your gas you know your your foot on the pedal and he he trusts him right and he goes through it and then after that he's like his confidence regains okay it's the same thing there's going to be 
there's going to be a time where you might have a crash and you're afraid or, you know, there's a recession or this, this and that there's coronavirus, there's shutting downs, there's, and it's out of your control. And you're like, I was great. I was great at what I was doing. That just means that, you know what? It's rough right now. Trust what, what you have learned, get more, you know, adapt to the new way of doing things and just keep your foot on the pedal and drive through the smoke because you will come out ahead when you start hitting the brakes and when you stop and you and, and you know and fear right stops you that's when you stop growing and then you become affected by the circumstances outside of you but as long as you keep that gas you know that foot on the gas pedal and keep moving forward you're going to come out okay at the end and you're going to come out better like i said two 9-11, I remember everybody calling, canceling, can like so many cancellations, right? So many people left the industry. And you know what? For, for a while, it was rough, but I stayed and I stayed. And even though I didn't have a marketing degree like the other guys, I remember having one, one of my sales you know, colleagues saying when I started that he had an advantage over me because he had a marketing degree from Northwestern. And I said, well, yeah, but that's not going to open the doors for clients. It's what you do with the title that's going to help you, right? I survived 9-11. He didn't. After 2017 and 18, again, a lot of cancellations because the economy was really bad. A lot of people left the industry. I had some few weeks, bad weeks, and then, but stayed through, and we came out ahead. 2020, again, a lot of cancellations, shutdowns. Everybody was closed here in New Mexico for the longest time. Just keep on learning, right? Now that means you, the way you used to do things, it's not going to help. But at the end of the day, you just keep doing, right? So to me, right, my master plan has not changed, even though I've gone through those, you know, series of things. Because my master plan, right, which is live the life I was created to be, that's my master plan. Yes, I've had different plans, whether it be working for Entrovision, Univision Radio, El Paso, Albuquerque. Those were just plans that were leading right to my master plan. And once that plan does not serve the master plan, you just create a new plan. But the master plan never changes. So I you just create a new plan that's going to serve the master plan and then work on that and learn and keep changing and adapting. And then once that plan doesn't work for the master plan, it doesn't serve its purpose, you create another plan. But the master plan never changes, right? Whether it be your personal life or your work life, you have a, you must have a master plan and then have plans that are going to be changing or adapting because once that doesn't serve the master plan, you need a new plan. And that's it. Carlos, one final question. What advice would you give to your younger self? If I had a chance to tell, you know, Carlos when he was 22 years would be don't say yes to instant pleasures because everything, one of the things that I've learned is, like I said earlier, saying yes to something means saying no to something else. And I know I missed a lot of opportunities that would have gotten me to where I'm at today, probably faster or better or with less disasters. That is great advice. I want to thank you for joining us. From me to you, it was a great pleasure to reconnect with you after nearly uh, 20 years. 
And like I said from the outset, it's like I knew you were a champion because of your due diligence in giving me all the reports that I asked you for. And even when I came back to you for additional reports, you always said yes. You always were very willing to give me the data that I requested. And thank you so much for your hard work in helping me to have such a success in production of several talk shows. I will follow your trajectory because you are definitely like Sonny Melendres from El Paso, the famous broadcaster says, you're almost halfway there. Yes. Well, thank you for the invite. It was it was great connecting with you once again. Thank you for, for inviting me to your podcast. If there's anything I, I can ever do for you, feel free to reach out. I will. You have a wonderful day. You too.